What's up, everyone? We're back with another Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Uh, the past few months, we've been doing these crossover episodes with hosts on the podcast network. And today, I am pleased to bring you back from the dead, Mr. Grant Goldberg, from, from now with Bleacher Report, formerly with Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, Grant, I have missed you so much. Uh, and really, the only reason you're on is because I, I hit my current girlfriend up, uh, Jacob Rude, up today asking if he was down to pod, and he said no, so I ran back to my ex. We've all been there before, uh, and I'm happy you're here. Look, sometimes we get desperate. You know, I'm not going to say that You know, it's easily avoidable, so you know, while the circumstances may not be the the, the best, but you know, I'm happy to be on and back on this show at least, you, uh, at least for one time. Have Have you been? No, I've been good. You know, it's uh, it's warming up up here and uh, trying to cool down. I'm I'm currently laying on my floor because it's it's the coolest part of my apartment right now. <laughs> but uh, you know, it it should provide a really good imp- uh, environment for me to bring these hot takes. So oh, yeah, well, there will be quite a few of them on this podcast. I imagine because, uh, right before we started recording, Woj dropped a bomb, uh, that David Griffin wants to get this Anthony Davis deal done before the draft, uh, which makes sense because there are quite a few teams picking in the lottery that are interested in Anthony Davis, the Lakers obviously being one of them after looking into the number four pick. Um, and there's a few things we should mention. Um, number one, Los Angeles and New York teams per Woj, uh, the Clippers and Lakers, Knicks and Nets are among the teams that would like to trade for Anthony Davis. I mean, if we're being real, all 30 teams probably want to trade for Anthony Davis. Uh, but those are the teams that are probably capable of putting together a package around uh, young assets and draft picks and, and have the cap space to absorb AD's contract. Um, Grant, if you had a if you had to rank those teams uh, based on assets alone for Anthony Davis, how would you rank them? It's Knicks, Clippers, Nets and Lakers. Um, it, that's a that's a pretty good question. I. Most likely, it's it's tough, and I think I might be underrating Brooklyn a little bit, especially since they're a playoff team. But I'd probably go Clippers, Lakers, Nets, Knicks, mm. and that's and I and I put I'd put the Lakers number two because of the number four pick, right? And the Nets, I mean, the Knicks might have the best asset out of all four teams in the number three pick just because of uh, gives the Pelicans the option to do what they want after the presumably first two picks go off the board and Zion and jaw. So uh, it's, I mean, like we've been through it that the Knicks don't have the sexiest trade package for Anthony Davis. I think a lot of teams fans tend to overrate their assets and that's probably what I'm doing with the Lakers too. But Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, when it comes to potential all-stars and young players and the combination with that and a draft pick, the Lakers, uh, pretty solidly, I think, in number two position. Um, 
the Clippers obviously have a little more proven talent. I think, uh, you know, you have SGA, uh, Montrez, I think is restricted this summer, but I think they can come to deal sign and trade. Um, and they have uh Shamit, they have, uh, Danilo Gallinari. They have a bunch of assets. Uh, they're a really great team. And I, I don't know if they're going to be willing to part with SGA. Uh, they said that they weren't really trying to put him in any offers, which yeah. I think would take him out of the race. Um, the thing with the Clippers is that they play such great team basketball. And I don't think that they're going to necessarily be the first ones to offer up the, I mean, to offer up just the Godfather offer because yeah. you know, they, they have a winning formula. Uh, they have a pretty good position to get uh, at least a max free agent this summer. So um, maybe they go for it. Maybe they try to bring in Anthony Davis, hoping to get, to secure that uh, max free agent. But um, I don't know, Christian, what do you think about the Lakers assets comparatively to the Clippers and these New York's team, these New York teams? Well, it all depends on what David Griffin's looking for. And in Walsh's report, he kind of outlined the framework of what, of what Griff's looking for. Um, And it says that he'll be looking for an all-star which there is not one on the Lakers team, at least not a current all-star. Um, he wants young players and at least two first-round picks. And I think that's reasonable for, for the Lakers. It depends on how much David Griffin values um, the young guys on the Lakers team, because obviously they're not going to offer LeBron James in a, in a scenario, or at least I don't think they will. Um, and the young players, they have plenty of them. And plenty of pretty damn good ones too, if uh, if if you ask me. But the one wrinkle um, or the one nugget I found interesting in this report is that Griffin doesn't think that it's going to be a one a, a two team trade. He thinks with the assets that are available out there, what he wants for Anthony Davis he doesn't think one team will be able to, to give him. I think from Griff's standpoint, it's probably, he's probably, uh, you know, being optimistic about what he'll get for Anthony Davis, given the kind of packages we've seen for superstar players on expiring contracts. I mean, look at Kawhi Leonard last year, um, the player he is now and the player he's been for the last few years compared to what they got for him. Um, I think Griff's being very, very like he, he's in the honeymoon phase of trade negotiations right now because uh, I, I don't think that's ultimately what he ends up getting. Always start high. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that's the one mistake uh, the Spurs made is that they they just I mean, I don't know what kind of offers were out there, but I find it really, really hard to believe that uh, they couldn't do better than DeMar DeRose and Jakob Pertle. And the pick that ended up being, if I'm not mistaken, the 29th pick. Um, yeah, it is the 29th pick. So I don't know, man. I Again, it ultimately comes down to how Griff values the Lakers' young core. Um, and and Grant, ha- I it, it may sound silly to ask you because you've been with or you were with Silver Screen and Roll for such a long time. Um, but how do you value 
the Lakers young guys in comparison to to other packages around the league? Um, well, I, I think there's the obvious thing of we, you know, being with Silver Screen and Roll, we watched near uh, every game or nearly every game and see these players and, and their development and performance night in and night out. And there's, I think, more to the box score with a lot of them and, and people to see the Lakers miss the playoffs of uh, Lonzo shot like crap and, and Ingram, you know, can't stay healthy. Kuz is a chucker, but like we see things that they can contribute and like, this is a little bit of a cop out, but I, I think the, the Lakers assets are a little better than the national perception of them. Uh, I think that if you're going to keep one of them, uh, you want to keep Lonzo. Now yeah. I think I've said on this podcast a couple of times that his skill set is by far the best match with, uh, a star filled team that he will, I mean, is, is the most complimentary player to any superstar, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, mm. uh, Kawhi Leonard. If so, by the grace of God, that happens. Um, Ingram obviously has the most potential. David Griffin is high on Ingram. He said it on you know, multiple occasions on NBA TV. Uh, and then Kyle Kuzma, I think his perception actually is inverse of Ingram and uh, Lonzo, that he is probably uh, a little more highly touted around the league. I think, you know, coming from his draft side and overperforming that and just his style of play, I think is uh, a little friendlier to people's minds, uh, just league wide. So um it's 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 a tough thing um obviously the clippers made the playoffs uh sga showed a lot of uh, promise a lot of poise i think that was the biggest thing that you know stood out to me when i watched him um shaman can really shoot the thing and mantras harrell is pretty much uh i i don't even know if i'd say stronger julius randall right but julius randall mixed with a little bit more with the tasmanian devil um, he's pretty much, I mean, exactly that. So I, I'd still put the Clippers number one, the Nets, you have Karras, uh, Ronda Hollis, Jefferson, uh, obviously D'Angelo Russell would have to be a sign and trade. Um, and then you, you have other players like Jared Allen too, um, who I'd put above Ronda Hollis, Jefferson actually. Uh, um, and, and a lot of that's contingent, you know, is D'Lo going to you know want to go to new Orleans? Uh, he'd be the decision maker in that deal. So uh, it's, it's tough to see Brooklyn seriously making an offer. I mean, they, they don't really have any draft picks after that uh, Tory and Prince trade. Right. And yeah. I think their eyes are on the summer uh, and bringing in a guy like Kyrie Irving or even Kevin Durant. I think that's priority number one and two for them. Uh, this isn't sourced at all, but uh, it, it, I mean, the writing's on the wall. I mean, with that trade, it is opening up to max slots. It was a precursor to, you know, what they hope is a plentiful summer. Uh, and then the Knicks, you know, I think pretty clearly, I mean, Mitchell Robinson's their best asset. Um, outside of that, Kevin Knox came in uh, with a lot of hope and didn't really do much in his rookie season, uh, didn't really shoot the ball well. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a rookie season. Brandon Ingram's rookie season underwhelmed by a lot of standards. Uh, and so, you know, by no means am I just writing off Kevin Ox as a player, but you know, as it stands right now, I don't think that he's shown much to, uh, 
to be a, a centerpiece or a, a featured piece in an Anthony Davis trade. And, and outside of that, you know, you're, you're grasping at straws with the Knicks, with the Knicks assets. Um, is, is there a, a certain asset Christian that I'm underrating in these trade talks from either team? Uh, you know, I don't think so. Cause I feel like the best asset that they've been linked to out there uh, comes from the Boston Celtics and that's Jason Tatum to me. I know Lakers fans like to have the argument, Brandon Ingram or Jason Tatum. Uh, but right now it's just not close to me. I think Jason Tatum's just the clear, better player. Uh, Brandon Ingram had a really nice, like 20, 30 game stretch that I think he can, um, you know, continue on to next season, assuming he's, he's still with the Lakers. And I'm, I'd be very interested to see what he looks like uh, outside of the Luke Walton system. Uh, in, in an organized basketball setting. I think that's going to be really exciting, assuming he sticks around. Um, but yeah, I think the, I think Jason Tatum is probably the best the Pelicans can get. The only thing is, is I, I don't see why these Celtics would, would trade for Anthony Davis unless they thought it was their last hope of, of Lauren Kyrie Irving, uh, to resign or convincing Kyrie Irving to resign with the Celtics. Um, to me, it seems like a pretty foregone conclusion that Kyrie's out of there. And if that's the case, like if his camp makes it clear through back channels or whatever, that, that, that they're not coming back. I just, I just don't get why Boston would do that trade, especially if it, in, in, it included Anthony Davis. Um, I think hypothetically, would the Pelicans take a trade centered around, you know, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, or, you know, substitute Al, Al Horford for Gordon Hayward? Maybe. Uh, but if you're the Pelicans, do you value that more than having the number four pick in this year's draft, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and, and probably Josh Hart and a few future first round picks? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think the Lakers are in a really good position, especially as as you mentioned before, teams are we're seeing that teams are getting involved in trade talks for Anthony Davis. And and like I said, why wouldn't they be? I mean, 29 other teams around the league should be interested in Anthony Davis. It just boils down to how serious they are uh, and what they're willing to give up for AD. And we've heard from the Clippers that they're not willing uh to give up Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, I read in the uh, yesterday that the Nets are reluctant to include any of the, any one, any one of Karis LeVert or Jared Allen in trade talks. And at that point, um, you know, what really do they have to offer outside of that? I mean, it's Spencer Dinwiddie, I guess. Um, D'Angelo Russell in the sign and trade. But if you're D'Lo, would you rather spend a few years in new Orleans with Zion Williamson and, you know, probably not make the playoffs. Uh, or do you want to go to Phoenix or Minnesota and play with your buddies in Devin Booker and Carl Anthony town? So, um, our own Sabrina, um, uh, merchant at silver screen and roll wrote a really good column, um, about the Lakers being one of the last teams in the Anthony Davis, um, uh, you know, trade race. And I think, you know, a large part of that is what scenario is Anthony Davis realistically, you know, a lock to stay next year? 
And as we've seen before with, you know, the Dwight mayor, there is no such thing as a sure. AD wanting to come to LA, um, you know, the clutch sports connection. I think if the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis, he's with the team for at least four years. Um, I don't know if that can be said about any other teams around the league, I guess New York. But again, if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to Brooklyn, um, Anthony Davis is really back at square one uh, in a rebuilding scenario in New York. Um, And I suppose they could sign somebody via free agency. But I mean, if Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Kemba Walker, if those types of guys are off the board, um, Anthony Davis is arguably in a worse situation in New York um, if they if they pull it off. And I, and I would say too, um, if New York or or I I, would, I should say David Griffin chooses to deal with New York, and Anthony Davis is indeed set back to square one because they're just so stripped of assets. I'd feel better though if I was Anthony Davis, even though it's a significant drop off in front offices mm-hmm. to build something. Uh, to become a contender in New York than New Orleans just because of market size, location. Right. Um, you know, being Anthony Davis in New York is a lot better than being Anthony Davis in New Orleans, you know, from a basketball standpoint. Right. Because New Orleans, from for all intents and purposes and from everything I heard, it's a fantastic city. Um, but, you know, I don't see a lot of players looking to go play there. And that's not, you know, me condemning New Orleans. Just That's just, you know, history. Yeah. Um but I feel weirdly confident in the Lakers' ability to get something done. It's totally unwarranted, um, for, especially from everything we've seen, everything we've heard, everything that's happened. Uh, yeah, I'd say a, a lot has between, happened since the last time we talked. But so like before, as... <laughs> before July first and after July first, everything we've seen tells us that there's probably not going to be a deal done. But, you know, the thing that happened on July 1st kind of gives me hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the the market for an Anthony Davis trade gives me hope, which tells me more than anything, this is really going to hurt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm totally going to be let down. I'm getting my hopes up way too high. But, you know, you, you, you have the hope that Rob Polinka for everything that he's done, um, Kurt Rambis, Linda Rambis, and, and Jeannie for everything that they've done over the past year, um, they're able to kind of turn the tides. And, you know, that's a big ask for them. But, you know, hopefully they have the mind uh, mind to look at the market, look at what they have to offer, and not really, you know, beat around the bush. Obviously, you don't want to, you know, start negotiations offering everything up like, supposedly it happened you know near the deadline but you know i think you know if it comes down to it and they have to give up what they have to give up the lakers should do it i'd like to keep lonzo or you know if i had to pick you know between someone not named lonzo ingram um i think you i think you do it whether it's you know just a straight up trade with new orleans or a, a three-team trade um, with, you know, Chicago, Phoenix, even Washington, I've seen as a potential person. I mean, just talk on right. three people, uh, mm-hmm. Washington, 
sending that all-star player in Bradley Beal to New Orleans. Um, there'd have to be a lot of heavy lifting by a third team. And, you know, am I sure that that's going to happen? If, if the team's going to be willing to, to line up and help the Lakers and help facilitate that trade, I'd, I'd bet against that not happening. But uh, who knows? I mean, in the NBA, crazier stuff has happened. The so we've mentioned the Lakers keeping one of the young guys, and it, it should be noted that that's only possible because they landed that number four pick, and that salary going to be used in a trade. Um, but I think ultimately they end up. Um, I don't want to say overpaying, but I think I I I it, it, they will end up offering the farm for Anthony Davis if it comes down to it. I mean. It, I would love nothing more than to keep Lonzo Ball on a star-heavy team uh, with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and um, you know maybe Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler. Because at that point, I would love uh, Jimmy Butler. I don't want to interrupt, <laughs> but I would love Jimmy Butler on this Lakers team. Yeah, Jimmy would be really cool to have on the team. And I think at that point, when you have that many stars on the team, Lonzo Ball kind of becomes... I, I, I've tweeted this before, but at that point, Lonzo becomes what Draymond Green is to the Golden State Warriors. Um, obviously, that's an extreme and best case scenario uh, with the type of player he is right now. But he just makes winning plays, which sounds like the way you talk about a player that isn't very good at basketball. Um, but he really just does make the right plays. And I trust him to get the best out of, um, you know, whether it's AD. LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, uh, I hope to God that would be incredible. If uh, Listen, if the Lakers got Kawhi Leonard and Anthony David, the, Davis this summer while keeping Lonzo Ball, I, I will take back everything I've ever said about this front office. Like every single thing. Magic Johnson resigning on the last game of the season via an, an, an impromptu press conference. Totally justified. He has every right to be happy. I'm like thrilled for him. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but if it does, I will lose my mind and never stop talking about it. I will be the most crazy, arrogant Lakers fan you've ever encountered in your life. Well, even, even if they trade for Anthony Davis and by some miracle and huge mess up by golden state, they let Clay Thompson come to the Ooh. Lakers, which I forget who who was the source on this. But earlier in the season, when the Lakers were deep in Anthony Davis trade talks, they said that if Anthony Davis did come to the Lakers, they'd have Clay's attention. That? And you know, he did say, "This is me just totally speculating and totally, you know, gassing things up. It's not going to happen." But he did say, you know, whether it's uh, tomorrow or, you know, a few years from now, everything has to come to, to an end. Now, that was Clay talking about the the Warriors, I think, championship run or something like that. Yeah. But hey, <laughs> part of the, the journey Lakers is wouldn't the be end. the worst place. It wouldn't be the worst place to join. And like, as far as Lonzo's impact goes, I think that that Draymond comparison, like. Like you said, it's a it's a big comparison to make. I think Draymond isn't half the player Alonzo is, 
but I think no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, I was like, I was like, know, they, I don't know if you misspoke or. <laughs> no, no, they. I mean, they do very similar things. You know, really, really good defensive players. You know, set teammates up for success offensively. Don't need the ball in their hands. Can't shoot worth a damn. Um, I, I think you know that comparison is is pretty just in their playing styles. I mean, when it comes to effectiveness and availability, even. Um, you know, clearly Draymond is, you know, Draymond, I think he's one of one for, you know, what he's been for the league, but when it comes to a star heavy team, like you were saying, Lonzo Ball is the player that you want. Um, Brandon Ingram on the flip side is the player that you hope could turn into one of the stars on the star heavy team. And, you know, as far as we've seen with his, uh, time with LeBron James, you know, hasn't been you know many mi- minutes shared on the court, but you know it's it's been a little bit more of a clunky fit. They've played their both ba- best basketball respectively, you know, without each other on the court. So, you know, hopefully it takes they take a little bit more time to gel if a trade doesn't happen. Um, you know, they actually did have a couple good games together, but when they you know got on the court towards the end of the season when. LeBron and Ingram were both playing, but you know, here's the thing. This is all moot if a trade happens. And, you know, I think that's what we're all rooting for. You know, we all have sentimental ties to these young players, but I think, you know, as NBA fans, you know, players come and go, but you know, I think you got to do what's best for the team sometimes. And that, that is, you know, in most cases, a scenario where you got to let go of these young guys to get that franchise changing talent that, franchise talent that you can have post LeBron uh, into an, an, into a new era of Lakers basketball. And hopefully, you know, at that point you have a, a ring or two under your belt, but I think, you know, before anything, you got to get a trade done or you got to bring a free agent uh, in the door to pair with LeBron James to, uh, to uh, add to your chops as a, as a playoff contender, even first, you got to make the playoffs and before a championship contender. The the thing I'm most interested in as the draft draws closer, and it's it's ten days from today. I'm trying not to get too attached to the guys the Lakers have been linked to, because in uh, in all likelihood, I think the trade will be picked or trade the pick will be traded. Um, the um, it, it is the dark horse teams, the the teams we we're not taking into consideration outside of like the big five, which are the Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Nets, and Celtics. Um, off the top of your head, is there any one team uh, that you look at and think can get in, in the mix for Anthony Davis that we're not thinking of right now? I would say pre-NBA Finals, Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think, and rightfully so, they've gotten to the finals, you know, they have a shot at, you know, keeping Kawhi Leonard, but they have a, a really, really good core that, you know, contributes and makes winning plays. You have Siakam, Van Vliet, um, you know, obviously Gasol's old, but you have the Baca who's getting up there too. Um, and, and just Kyle Lowry, you have a, a, a oh, OG and Unobi. I mean, it, it goes on and, you know, it's a, it still stuns me that the like the the Spurs 
actually gave up Kawhi Leonard for as long as they, as long as they got. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. We're visiting. Um, but I don't know if they mess with that championship core. You know, they obviously have to get the job done and, and beat the Warriors in one of these next uh, three games. Excuse me. Um, beat them in the one of these next three games to you know, win the championship. But you know, I, I think in getting to where they are right now, it, it might take them out of the equation. Um, now, who knows if you know they're going to try to make a play for AD to keep Kawhi and, and build this core between the two of them. Uh, that'd be insane. Um, uh, I, I think another popular answer for Doc, a dark horse, which is ironic, um, is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they have a lot of young talent, um, draft assets, maybe not as much, but you know you have Murray, Gary Harris. Um, you obviously want to you know have them play with Jokic. Uh, you have Millsap. You have a lot of, I mean, Monty Morris, Tory Craig. You have a lot of you know players that can seemingly get the deal done. Um, but I mean, who knows if they even get in talks? Uh, like I said, the lack of draft assets, you know, that seems like an important part in the trade to David Griffin. Um, I don't think Woj necessarily puts the part about draft picks and, and one, you get the deal done before the draft. If you know, that wasn't true, but right. you know, that is just me speculating on, you know, Woj's reporting and you know, the things Woj has said in the past. But uh, yeah, I, I think Toronto pre-NBA Finals was a, a good answer. But I'd say now, more than them, Denver Nuggets. The, see, I've I've seen the Nuggets too, and uh, to me, that, that's just not realistic. I mean, they'd have to really, really value Jamal Murray because um, I think I read the report. It was either last month or or. Uh, uh, you know, earlier this month that Michael Porter Jr. is still having back issues and he's going to have to wear a brace um, during summer league, which like I get it. He's a pretty exciting prospect. I was all the way in on him going into the draft before that back injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, draft assets, young talent. Um, I, I'd, I'd be surprised to see the Nuggets get in the mix for AD. Uh, the one team that did scare me again was the Raptors. Cause I think a deal centered around Siakam would get it done. Um, this might be an even hotter take, uh, but I don't think I'd give up Siakam in a trade for Anthony Davis. Like they have more control. <laughs> I, they have more control over Siakam than AD like Siakam's if I'm not mistaken restricted next summer. Um, so if you can keep a guy that is, is by no means close to Anthony Davis, but is still very, very, very good for the next four years, you absolutely do it. Um, so that's my hot take for this pod. Um, the one team that frightens the life out of me uh, is the Chicago Bulls. And hear me out. Um, cause this is more emotions than anything, but Anthony Davis is a Chicago kid. Um, and the bulls, like even in spite of how terrible they've been the past few years, have a few guys they can put on the table for AD that I think would pique the Pelicans interest, including, but not limited to Zach Levine, Laurie Markinen. Wendell Carter Jr., Denzel Valentine, Chandler Hutchinson, and 
this year's pick in the draft, which I believe is seventh. Yeah, it is seventh. Um, you know, definitely not. It, it, I personally don't think it is better than better than the Lakers package. Um, but just from a salary matching standpoint, I mean, they have they have Otto Porter's contract, which is do close to 70 million over the next three years. Um, Laurie Markin, I think is very good. Um, I'd even make the argument that he's probably better than anyone the Lakers have on the roster right now. Beyond that, I think the Lakers have better talent, but I think Laurie's really, really good. Um, so Chicago is an interesting team, uh, but I think it's more likely they end up being a third team in a trade uh, with the Lakers, because I know they really, really like Lonzo, uh, and the same can be said of the Phoenix Suns, um, from what we know. So uh, that's something I think worth keeping an eye on. I am horrified because it seems like it's like um, I don't know why I keep making uh, analogies to dates, but it's like waiting to like meet somebody for the first time. And then, like, you're super hyped on it, and then the day the date comes, it's like they cancel on you. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about is, like, I'm so hyped. I'm finally going to meet her today, and then <laughs> nothing. She leaves me for some dude in uh, New York with, um, I don't know, whatever New York guys look like. Tim's. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's uh, the easy one to no, go. Nosebleed seats <laughs> to the next. <laughs> it's um it it has the potential to be a lot of fun but also very very heartbreaking and i don't think i'm ready for that as an nba fan at the very least it should be a very fun i'd say seven to ten days coming up right with all the speculation with all the reports that are going to come out um hell i don't even know if you know, something's going to come out today, you know, from, you know, either side and whether it be the Pelicans or the, because the Lakers or it can. Knicks. It, it, it every can. team that's been eliminated from playoff contention can start talking trades right now, like this second. And this is going to be, I mean, we all, we all, I mean, I, I feel like the NBA offseason, everybody loves the NBA offseason. I think basketball is like a full-time sport, you know, mm-hmm. when, to it's regular season, postseason, obviously the off season, like we were saying, but you know, there is never a, a dull moment in the NBA. And, you know, I think that as basketball fans, you know, it's going to be just so much fun. You know, we're going to you know start clowning whatever teams and like fall out of the race. And, you know, we're going to clown the Lakers for eventually botching this. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be sad. Um, if you had to say right now, yes or no, does Anthony Davis start next season? Or should I say before the NBA draft is Anthony Davis a Laker? Oh my God. Um, you know, I'm going to listen to my heart instead of my head and say, yeah, I I think he's a Laker. I think, um, like I said earlier in the show, I think it's going to take, probably them offering everything. Like I would not be at all surprised if it ended up being a three team trade with Chicago, um, including the number four pick number seven pick 
um, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Chris Dunn, just like a crazy package for AD. Um, because as we know, Griff is not somebody you want to F with. Um, he's a proven executive that's, uh, you know, shown that he knows what it takes to build a championship contender. I don't, uh, truthfully, I don't know why New Orleans even wants to, like, be a playoff contender. I mean, I know that sounds stupid because every team's, like, ultimate goal is to be a contender. But if you can get as many promising young pieces around Zion Williamson, like, just shipping off Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, who, uh, to me, is can probably also get you a pretty decent package back. Um, if not like a top 10 pick, I think Drew Holiday's that good. And I think you're with me on that boat. Um, he's an absolute stud. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it gets done, uh, but I think it includes everybody. And at that point, when you're going into free agency, you still have that cap space. Um, but as far as all-star point guards go, you're you're looking at Kemba, who's probably going to sign the Supermax in Charlotte, and Kyrie, um, who's probably looking at Brooklyn harder than he'll look at L.A., even with AD and LeBron. I think if the Lakers have Anthony Davis in the bag, they're a lot stronger. I mean, this is absolutely stupid, and there's no reason to say this because it's just common knowledge. But they're a lot stronger contenders in free agency. <laughs> That's, wow, blistering hot take. I told you I was going to bring the hot takes today. But, I mean, I, I had to, I mean, all respect to Magic Johnson. I had to channel him, you know, and, and the way he goes about things. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it, let me do this in a Magic-style tweet. I'll, I'll, I'll spell it out. If the if if the Lakers decide to trade for Anthony Davis, many more free agents will start to consider them seriously in free agency. Should be a fun summer. Can't wait to watch. It, and and I agree. Uh, it's just like the positions, which sounds like ridiculous. Because at that point, you you have a team of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I'd feel comfortable that team playing two on five. Like, I think they wouldn't make the playoffs, but I think it would be very, very close. Um, They're so good. Um, They'd probably be, and please don't come after me, Kobe Twitter, but they'd probably be the best thing Lakers have had since Shaq and Kobe by a lot. And I think I'd even put them on par. Like I haven't seen them play together, but it has the potential. We will see yeah, I hope so. It has the potential to be on par with the Shaq and Kobe years. And uh, I'm getting just excited talking about it, man. I Grant, I hope the next time we speak, whether it's via Skype uh, or in summer league in, in, in Vegas, I hope I hope to see you there. Um, oh, I yeah. Hope, you I hope Anthony Davis is a Laker. Uh, Goldberg bomb. I will be at summer league in Las Vegas. So there's just I had to I had to drop a bomb. You know, this is probably the line to hook around in the description or title. Um Breaking. definitely nothing more notable that we've talked about in this podcast. I I will be at Summer League. Uh where I'm gonna be staying is to be decided, but uh 
catch me out there uh, sweating in the 100 plus degree weather. Honestly, good. We, I, I feel like a, I don't, I don't even think it's a twin bed. It's a single bed. Uh, but you're, you're a pretty thin guy. I think if we get close enough, we'd probably fit comfortably. Um, I'm a great cuddler. <laughs> I, and I believe it, you know, you just look at somebody and you know, that's how, that's how I feel about you. Grant, thanks so much for joining me, bud. It was nice talking to you again. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before you go? Um, obviously, uh, follow Silver Skin and Roll. They always do great stuff. Uh, see how nice, I mean, I'm plugging you guys. I don't even have to. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm on Twitter at Grant Goldberg. You can follow me, you know, I'm trying to speak this into existence. So hopefully, like you said, but the next time we talk or see each other, uh, Anthony Davis is going to be a Laker. So let's, let's all collectively, collectively pray to whatever, uh, to whoever or whatever you worship or, you know, believe in. <laughs> pray to your God. <laughs> Pray to your God, Anthony Davis is going to be a Laker. Oh, last thing, last thing. Um, predictions for the finals. What do we got? Um, Raptors. Raptors and what? I'll take the six and six. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's reasonable. I think if the Warriors win tonight, they win the series. That's my hot take. That's what I'm ending with. You can't stop me. At me if you have problems. Grant, thanks again. Uh, if you like our podcast, leave re- leave a review uh, and a five-star rating. And if not, well, uh, we won't see you next time probably. Take care.